Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, listeners of the Mad Scientist Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Cogswell, here with a special interview with Aurora Sandylands, the host of She's in Control, a radio show that talks about goth culture here on KRSM. Aurora, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Oh, you know, just hanging out, having a glass of wine, you know. Good stuff after a long, after a long Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. I couldn't believe it's been so hot here in Minnesota. I was promised when I moved here cold. And yeah. It, it just, I mean, we got cold in the winter, but oh God, this summer has been so dang hot. Um, Try not having air conditioning in your apartment. <laughs> Why would you do that? That's horrible. Oh, my goodness. We're all suffering. My poor ferret is, like, on her back right now with her, like, little <laughs> paws in the air because she's so hot. <laughs> yeah, they got to become puddles. It's the only way. The yeah, only right. way to survive, truly. Yeah. So why don't you tell the listeners a bit about your show before we get into kind of overall spookiness? Sure. Yeah. So um, my show, which is also on KRSM, is every Tuesday at 9 p.m. and now on Sundays at 9 p.m. as well. Um, And it goes over the history of goth primarily, starting back in uh, like 500 B.C., tracing the roots of goth all the way up to what we know it as now, like inverted crosses, black lipstick, fishnets, and all that good stuff. So I talk about... um, not only music and artists, but also literature, architecture, um, the entire subculture of goth, which sort of encapsulates a way of life rather than just a genre of music. Super cool. Yeah, I've I've really enjoyed your show. That was one of the Thanks. one of the coolest things about joining the station was finding all these other really cool shows that are going on. And yeah, yeah. I mean it's funny, as as all good scientific minds, I was a, a ska nerd in high school. So okay. <laughs> it was kind of, you know, like just on the edge, just on the fringes of like the punk kids, but really hanging out with all the band geeks. So, yeah, that yeah, was kind of my thing. Um, so, yeah, it's it's super interesting, though. And goth music is so, so good. And but the the. The subculture itself is so, uh, so immense, and there's so many different subgenres, even within the main genre, and so many different types oh, of yeah. music, and so many influences that it's very, I think, I mean, it's, it is a fascinating topic. I think it's really cool. Right. So what? Right. What got you, what got you into it originally? Um... There were a lot of different things that drew me towards goth. I didn't actually know that I identified with the subculture until I was probably 18, which was, I'm pretty young, so that was only like three years ago. Okay. <laughs> but um, uh, I, before that, I had always been obsessed with A, the supernatural, um, 
B, the dark, and uh, C, the music. So I loved Susie and the Banshees and the Smiths got me through high school. My parents introduced me to them and... I listened to them daily and I kind of went through a lot of different phases. Like I tried out punk. I tried out wearing like hippie flowy skirts. I tried out a bunch of different stuff. And then finally, when I sort of branched out and found these people who loved spirits and, um, you know, spooky architecture and books and, you know, loved the music that I loved, I was like, holy crap, I found Mm. my people. (laughs) Super cool. Yeah, it's we- it's so weird that it's interesting the different ways people get into the, I guess, the different areas that the paranormal or the supernatural interest brings people, mm-hmm. you know? So for me, whenever people ask me, I-, I get a lot of questions, as you can imagine, of you're supposed to be a scientist. Why are you talking about ghosts, right? Or why right. are you talking about like Bigfoot or whatever? And The answer really is that that is kind of where my interest in the sciences came from was a always a fascination with unexplained things. Right. Oh, check this out already. Nice. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) She has a I want to believe tattoo. It is amazing. I actually. So, okay, we're just going to be like showing each other our tattoos right now. Hold on one second. So I just got this one done. Nice! That's awesome! Yeah, it's super sweet. I got it done. Stabby Gabby in Minneapolis. Great tattoo artist. Stabby Gabby. She's amazing. She's so good. And she just did one that was a cow getting abducted by an alien. And I'm like, I really want that now. Yeah. I got to save money for another tattoo. That's amazing. Oh my goodness. So, (laughs) all right, we're off topic now, everyone. So, the. All right, so you've said you've always been into the paranormal and things like that. So give Mm -hmm. give us a breakdown, I guess, on your history in the paranormal. Like, what is – you've mentioned to me already that you've – you feel like you have some abilities like seeing spirits or things like that. So can you want to go into that a little bit? Sure, yeah. So um, by blood, I am Romani Gypsy, and um, Gypsy culture sort of has a lot of uh, spiritual – ties within our community and so you know that involves tarot cards different kind of uh wiccan influences and things like that and um it all kind of started actually my granddad passed away when i turned two mm-hmm. and my mom actually told me this story uh we were driving by i i was probably two and a half i could talk by then because i'm super smart But I was probably two and a half, and we uh, drove by the cemetery that he was buried in. And I had no concept of death at this point in my life. I was two and a half years old. And I said something, something to the gist of, Mom, Granddad says hi as we drove by the cemetery. And she just, like, went cold. And... Moving on from there, my um, my grandmother built her house on a Indian burial ground on accident. Okay. And she had no idea until the contractors afterwards informed her, but she already had built her house, so she's going to live there. Um, and the spirits were always, she knew they were there, but for some reason, whenever I came around the house, they were way more active. Um, and I would always, as like a young child, 
see things and feel things. And I was afraid to sleep alone in her house mm. before even knowing what ghosts were. I would not sleep alone in her house. I would sleep in her bedroom up until I was like 13 years old. Like, it's kind of embarrassing. I was like a 13 year old kid sleeping in my grandma's bed because I was a so afraid of her house. Mm. But yeah, so I don't know. And from there, I mean, I've I saw my first specter there. Um, I recently, last summer, actually, my boyfriend, who's also, he's a bohemian gypsy. He's seen spirits his whole life as well, but he, uh, he and I were haunted by a poltergeist last summer. I know that sounds crazy. Hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but it was one of the scariest things I've ever experienced. So long story short, I've seen some shit. (laughs) Stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's okay. This, well... We'll have to edit it for KRSM, but on the podcast, we can curse as much as we fucking want, which is nice. awesome. Yeah, it's, <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. Oh, my goodness. Poor Jake. Poor, poor Jake. So, so, so you said you saw a specter. Describe it. Or can you describe it? Are you comfortable describing it? Like, what do you mean by a specter? Yeah, so, okay, so... um. Till this day, I'm still not sure what it was, but um, my grandmother had a couple cats pass away in her house. So mm. it's either that or some manifestation of something else similar. Um, but the I, I was sleeping on an air mattress in her bedroom, and I was facing the wall, and I was like in a dead sleep, and all of a sudden just came awake and was like what i need to turn over right now and i rolled over and saw a maybe two foot tall black shadow thing next to my bed and i could feel that it was looking at me but i couldn't discern a face or anything really and i i gasped out of fear i was like (gasps) you know scared and Mm -hmm. um it turned around and and ran away on all fours through her bedroom door so I don't know if it was potentially the spirit of a cat that had passed away in her house or some sort of weird gremlin. <laughs> I don't know, but I know I saw it and it was super scary. Really interesting. You know, it's it's so weird. We hear actually a lot of so we get a lot of cases that if people tell us about stuff like that where so really my my area, I guess, of personal interest, like my most, is definitely UFOs. That's like my, uh, that's the, the area that I think is the most interesting personally. But that topic, yeah. that topic, though, encompasses so much weirdness now that yeah. cases like that where people see, you know, a shadow figure or a, uh, I mean, the thing that springs to mind that I think of when you say a like a black, almost an animal shape running on all fours is something similar to say a grim or a, um, a skinwalker even, although it's doesn't sound like it got to that level right. of intensity, you know, mm-hmm. but it's so weird that there are these common motifs, right? And that's kind of a point that we try to drive home a lot is that chicken and the egg question of is the paranormal or the supernatural simply cultural artifacts that we all have embedded that then our brains create these visions of, or is it something real that our minds then have to make sense of? So our cultural perceptions take effect there or are our cultural perceptions shaped by reality? You know? Mm -hmm. So is it that these, these things do exist out there and we're just seeing them and, and rationalizing them now because, 
you know, we're ultimately still ape men trying to make sense of the sun, right? But the thing that I... So, I wonder actually if in any of the cases that you've had... So, the grandfather one is very interesting. Have you ever tried, I guess... Uh, have you ever tried testing your abilities or anything? Um. Yeah, actually, that sort of has to do with the, the poltergeist thing from last summer I was telling you about. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, we... I would love to hear about that if you if you are comfortable. Yeah, um, I will touch on it. I won't get into depth about it because of fear reasons. But okay. um, so essentially my boyfriend, this was before he and I lived together. It was probably last uh, August or September. Um, he lived in the attic of a home and um, weird, weird things just started happening like he saw someone in the corner of his kitchen and he's used to seeing, you know, his cousin and other spirits sometimes just pop up and like mm. say hello. And so he's not really afraid. And so he just kind of ignored it and was like, oh, whatever, you know. But then um, they started building a a pressure in okay. the building and um, and weird, weirder things start happening. So, like, for example, once. Uh, it was during a storm and we heard like a super loud bang mm -hmm. and a clock that he had on the wall. Um, and there was a table underneath the clock flew off of the wall and landed in the center of the room. Uh, and it stopped ticking at the time one forty. Hmm. And so we didn't know what that meant. We were like, should we stay should and try to see what happens at one forty? And we were like, no, no, no. It's like, we, we really felt something weird. And as we were walking away from the house, I could feel someone, something watching me as we walked away from the home. And things continued to happen. We got locked out. There's an old, unused, painted over deadbolt on the front door of the house that the landlords mm. didn't even have keys to. Um, that was initiated from mm. the inside. So we were trying to come home once and we literally could not get inside of the house because this weird unused lock had been initiated from the inside and there was no one home. Weird. So other than that, doors constantly slamming. I mean, every day, five times a day, doors would slam. Um, kitchen cupboards would open and have things fly out. There was um, always little puddles around. And it, even if you tried to like sweep them up or, you know, whatever, they would come back. Um, uh, what hmm. else? Uh, he, Patrick Swayze, the cutout I have behind me would get yep. knocked over. <laughs> no, um, Patrick! <laughs> not okay. Swayze! Not good. Uh, and finally, um, the spirit made contact with, with Ryan and whispered in his ear and then pushed a bunch of stuff around in his room all at once. And he left and never spent another night there. He moved in with me that day. And never spent another night in that house. Weird. And I wouldn't go back. Um, and I I saw him, actually, a couple times. And the way he moved was very sick and dark and jittery. Uh, and it felt bad. But mm. we had um, a, a medium go, actually. my His aunt's friend, who's a medium, went to talk to the spirit. Found out his name, which I won't say. Um, and found out that there was also two children that had passed away in the house that the spirits also inhabited the house. And the, the older poltergeist spirit was manipulating the two children 
against us. And mm. um, so testing my abilities, I tried to do a Wiccan um, protection spell for us. And I mm. tried to cast the spirit away. But I was inexperienced at the time. And because of my heightened power, I guess, or whatever, this is what I've heard from Ryan's um, grandmother, who's also a gypsy, but uh, it would... Um, I, I opened a cone of light and let the wrong things in because I did everything wrong. I didn't cast the spell in a circle. I didn't take off my silver. I didn't um, ring a bell. I didn't do all the things I was supposed to do to protect myself. And so instead of banishing it, I bound the spirit to me. And then I also bound Ryan to me. So the spirit is bound to us and he is bound to me on accident and so, and also my, my tarot readings started to get scarier and scarier and we didn't want the spirit to follow us. Mm -hmm. So I have cut off all communication. I have not tried to open up any channels. I've not tried to do anything. I won't say his name because I don't want him to find us and for that to happen again. Man. So the, so that is super scary, number one. Yeah. So, dang, that's very scary. The, so, from, I'm definitely a skeptical sort, I would say, right? It's kind of the bent sure. of the show, generally, too. Uh-huh. But the, all the, of all of the things that I have scene about some of this stuff one of the things you said actually really struck me as being very interesting which is the puddles yeah i don't know if you ever read the uh, what is the case called it's not the enfield poltergeist but uh there's a very very famous uh a very famous i gotta talk to jerry jerry Pauly of the hillbilly horror stories brought me on for a case talking about a poltergeist that created puddles of water and he he was like, Chris, how could these water puddles form? And the explanation that was given by a uh, skeptic on the ground was that it was, uh, what's the word? That it was condensate from ice dams building up on the roof or something weird. It was very like, you know, it was very like mousetrap style where the guy was like, and then the ice dams melt and then a bucket gets tipped over and then there's, you know, the ball rolls down the hill, right? Because of gravity, <laughs> you know, like it was very convoluted. And yeah. I remember giving that explanation to Jerry and feeling really stupid because I was like, oh, it's the best this guy can give. And in my head, I'm like, it's ghosts. Get out of the house. <laughs> um, yeah, we moved the fuck out of there. That's crazy. So. Yeah, that's super interesting. You know, I'm always so I'm always I've been fascinated by, I guess. So I was raised uh, I was raised Roman Catholic and but a very, a very kind of magical Roman Catholic thing, I guess. You know, so my mom has done tarot cards since I was a baby. It's very big mm -hmm. into astrology, all that stuff. Like I said, my grandma is into all kinds of old world magic and medicine or she was into those kinds of things. Although I has I don't think she would have called them magic. I think she would have called them science or like yeah. old world science, but it was all magic. You know, she was yeah, yeah. she was like chopping up onions and lemon juice. It's just weird, all kinds of weird stuff, whatever. But totally the so I'm always I'm always fascinated by stories like that because it makes me wonder 
almost, is it a personal thing? Cause like, so you, you accidentally found this thing occurring to you and, and your, uh, your boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I wonder if I even did, uh, if I did experiments or tested those kinds of things or whatever, it might not ever even happen to me because I just don't have that opening. I don't have that kind of brain or that right. kind of feeling. Right. So it is extremely interesting. I mean, yeah, I would, uh, man, as, as scary as that is, that's the kind of thing that I would love to get into, like get into a house with like recorders and things and be like, what's going oh, on? God. In there? I could never, ever, ever do that. After what happened to me, I, I considered for a while, you know, trying to open it up and, you know, branch out and communication and yeah. all that. But now I just after actually experiencing something like that, it's not it's not in the cards for me. Sure. Not at all. Interesting. Mm-mm. I still, I love being on the edge. I love being on the cusp. I love the imagery of things. I love hearing about things like that. I love scary movies. But now that I've been through something like that, my, I just can't handle it. Hmm. So what do you, so I guess that kind of brings, so you said that you are, uh, you are Wiccan, at least to some extent. Like, what would you consider your, okay. Is that what you would consider your like religious leaning, I guess, or your religious belief? Um, I, I th- I'm agnostic, I think. Okay. Um, I believe definitely in, um, a greater power. I believe in the supernatural, but I don't consider myself one thing. I'm definitely not like a seasoning, like a season worship kind of kiss trees Wiccan or anything like sure. that. I okay. sort of, um, <laughs> I, you know, I believe in something greater than myself, but I, I don't really know what it is. Okay. Okay. So it's funny growing up because of the way that I was raised, I'm very into say like demon lore, demonology, that kinds of those kinds of things. And mm-hmm. so whenever someone mentions, uh, I always find it fascinating with poltergeist cases in particular, the disparity between say, um, what's the word, you know, kind of Roman Catholic interpretations versus uh, Buddhist interpretations versus Wiccan interpretations oh, yeah. versus whatever. Yeah, well, and we we would experience the three knocks all the time too. See, and that's and that's the thing that I think is so fascinating is those commonalities, right? I mean, even yeah. if you look at some, even if you look at some say UFO cases, some of the names mm-hmm. of the aliens, whatever mm-hmm. that people yeah. mention that have that have taken them or whatever are at times strikingly similar to the names of demons that you find in things like the uh, lesser key of Solomon or, you know, uh, so it's really, I think very fascinating that question. And that's kind of, it's kind of people start to edge closer to that area of that, that idea of belief where it's all connected, right? All of these supernatural events are all one thing. And, you know, it's it from a philosophical point of view, it becomes very, I think, impossible to defend but whatever from a real perspective it's kind of very interesting so so what would you say so the thing that i find really interesting about your show is you you look at the history of gothic culture from the all the way back right from the from the almost the beginnings of time and one interesting aspect i think of gothic culture is its relation to things like, say, the supernatural or death or, you know, these kinds of more occult, I think, is the wrong word. But I mm-hmm. think I don't know, maybe that fits it well, that kind of 
bringing in of that viewpoint or that ideal in the genre itself. Yeah. Where do you think that started or where did that start? I guess. Yeah. So, um, I actually have a kind of a historical answer for this, uh, question. So, um, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of listeners have seen like the breakdown of goth and whatever on the internet, but mm. it kind of started with, um, with the Visigoths and the, uh, uh, I think Romagoths or something. I can't remember the, the other name right now, but um, it was two Roman groups where they stormed, um, they stormed, not Rome, Greece, and mm. kind of took over and, and colonized and with their own kind of uh, Gothic architecture, which has, which brought about a lot of the, um, Sorry, I worked all day, so my brain is farting out really <laughs> no worries hard. At all. A lot of the imagery that we see in like modern goth, you know, like uh, inverted crosses or mm. um, gargoyles or um, you know what have you, and that sort of made its way into you know very ancient literature. For example, like Mary Shelley's Frankenstein mm -hmm. um or Dracula, those were set in very gothic type of um castles and you know the architecture sort of sparked a a mood if mm. you know you'll go as far as to say that and that's where a lot of those movies and books sort of got their um got their mood and which is what I think current goth sort of still um still exude sure. and um you know from there from the books and the movies it sort of got adopted into concepts in music so like Dave Vanian for example from The Damned was a grave robber before he was a musician and mm -hmm. so he would decorate the stage as a graveyard and dress as a vampire during his shows and that influenced Bauhaus, and Bauhaus influenced, you know, a bunch of other people. So it sort of went from deep in history, just imagery here and then, sort of getting changed into a concept and a mood, sort of getting changed into embracing that mood and sort of romanticizing this darker side of life, where at the same time as Beach Boys were releasing their super happy-go-lucky, annoying music, goth was also being produced to kind of counteract that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I, You know, the, the things that drew me as a kid to, say, like, punk and, you know, ska and whatever are those kind of feelings of, say, you know... Uh, I don't, I don't know if rage is the right word, I guess, but like, you know, I mean, you know, anger, right? I was an angry, yeah. I was an angry teenage jerk, right? Yeah. And it's kind of funny, the friends that I have that leaned more towards goth were always more, I guess, sort of, I don't, it's, again, melancholy, like morose isn't the right word, but it's that same kind of feeling of, I guess, the, the genre fits a larger history of, um, of, mood of setting of kind of place right. in the i don't know place that you're at or whatever emotionally but with gothic mm -hmm. music especially that kind of the the droning drum beat and the long crescendo and the you know all of those things 
have always really reminded me of, you know, the chants you hear in, in cathedrals, right? Oh, and yeah. The, yeah. Uh, just that same kind of it's it's very I, I think it's one of the few types of music that really does a great job of giving you that sense of setting almost, you know, what I yeah. mean, yeah. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I don't know. There's just there's just some things that you can't do with only three chords. You know, yeah. <laughs> you just can't do it. No, and I, I think you're right too. the the tie that you were mentioning between um, kind of old Christian religion and demonology mm. sort of bleeding into that um, gothic church type feel is kind of what bred, I think, the occult goth thing that's really come about in the last like 10 years where everybody's wearing like Baphomet imagery and, um, you know, inverted crosses and whatever. And I think that comes from the old Christian sort of, yeah, demon possession type, Mm -hmm. whatever. And with the whole like uh, grasp and and mantling of the the dark, you know, kind of went from there. Sure. Yeah, it's it's really, it really is... It's such an interesting, it's just such an interesting thing because a lot of that gets, I think, missed with, with all these kind of, you know, uh, genres of music or whatever. Like I remember being a, again, like being in, being in the music scene, the local music scene in New York city when I was in high Mm -hmm. school or whatever. And, you know, uh, going to shows, playing on a drum kit that my dad had stolen um, you know, <laughs> in clothes that we got from Goodwill or wherever the hell we got yeah. them from and being told that I wasn't punk enough by kids wearing, you know, dead Kennedy shirt they bought at the mall. Right. Right. Goth is one of those. Goth is one of those that kind of it's interesting because it it takes a lot of, I think. uh, What's the word like? It doesn't necessarily take a lot of. It doesn't take a lot to become to look goth or to be, I guess, that kind of live that kind of lifestyle or feeling or whatever um, compared to some of the other Mm -hmm. types of things. But I think it's very interesting. Like, do you think do you feel that goth is almost co-opted at times by, say, like, I don't know, like what I guess Hot Topic would be the perfect example for a lot of genres or whatever. And my co-host, my co-host Marie always makes fun of me because she's like. You know, she's like, I liked Hot Topic. It was, you know, you can get cool shirts there or whatever. And I'm like, no, Hot Topic is terrible, Marie. But yeah. What, yeah. What um, do you think? I think that Hot Topic is great if you're in middle school and are like uh, yeah. exploring maybe your goth roots. Yeah. You know, <laughs> um, but I think past that, you know, you know, like Taylor Swift, for example, one of her latest albums was called goth in a magazine somewhere because she had snakes in one of her videos and was angry sounding and wearing black. And to me, that is ludicrous. That's, that's hearsay. I am like, okay, well, if that's what goth is, then I'm questioning my entire identity. But, (laughs) (laughs) um, no, I think it takes more than just 
wearing black, wearing black lipstick and looking sad when you go out in public. You know, it's it's <laughs> yeah. like I stated before, it's a lifestyle. It's it's uh, literature. It's, um, you know, fascination with um, the dark side of life, romantic romanticization of death and, um, you know, really embracing the beauty in the darkness of life, which sounds really cliche and kind of stupid, but I think that's actually what it is. It's an attitude. And that's why the music resonates so deeply with me. And I think other people like me is because it captures that feeling. And, you know, goth music actually makes me happy as sad as it is usually because it's coming from a place of similarity and understanding. Sure. Yeah, I could I could definitely see that. So So who okay. So we asked this of anyone who's like into a certain so what who is your favorite goth? Like if you would have pointed to someone to be like, that's a goth icon or that's like a gothic that's a person that is like the pinnacle of gothicness versus mm-hmm. someone that you think is like, that person's a sellout, the terrible, whatever. Like <laughs> who give me your two. Give me who would that be? Okay, okay. So definitely on the real side of the spectrum is Susie Sue. Sure. Okay. Um from Susie and the Banshees. Yep. She she made goth what it is today. Not only that, but she's a female. And so I think that makes it extra awesome. Sure. But she she was actually a groupie for the Ramones and yeah. um toured with them and was on reality TV shows with them and then was like, you know what? Screw this. I want to be the center of attention. And so she branched off from that and started Susie and the Banshees. And her kind of um punk look from when she toured with the Ramones, um, evolved into her kind of signature goth look with the the big eye makeup and the puffy hair and that influenced so much i mean so much and so she she really started that and then on the other side of the spectrum i would say maybe like oh god who who calls maybe like black veil brides or like emo music i guess (laughs) yeah 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 I don't know, because a lot of people look at those like spiky hair, skinny jean wearing high schoolers as like goths. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. You don't get it at all. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's that's the beauty of uh, that's the beauty of sky. You can't get overtaken if you never get popular. (laughs) (laughs) Best way. That's how we do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's. Yeah. It's funny. Actually, you mentioned Black Veil Brad. That's my uh, it's my for a time, at least, I think. That was my younger sister's favorite band. And oh I had boy. no I didn't know anything about them at all. I was like, I have no idea. And then I saw the the lead singers and I was like, oh, okay, so they're just like pretty dudes. I can see I can see why yep. she likes them. I can see why why that's a thing. But although that is like 80% of the reason I like Bauhaus is because they're pretty dudes. <laughs> but you know, whatever. Well yeah, I mean well of course, yeah. Whatever, right? Like that's the way it happens, but it's just it's interesting, I guess, the things that draw you in. You know, or the things mm-hmm. that make you like the type of music or whatever. And yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm at the point yet where, again, thankfully, like there's enough new bands that I like that I'm never I feel like I'm not becoming like the old dude who hates new music. But yeah, definitely edging closer to that as time goes on. You know, um, I definitely get that. I'm on that side of things, too, because sorry, my ferret is being super loud. No, Francis, no worries. Stop. 
Um, I'm definitely on that side of things too, because I consider myself to be sort of, I don't like to give myself like labels or whatever, but more of a trad goth, which is like traditional goth, because I listen to a lot of music that sounds like it's from like 1979 through 1970 or 1983. Okay. So like, I like music from that time block because nothing else really sounds like that. And so if I can find modern bands that sound like that, great. But that cold, dark wave from that time period is my bread and butter. Sure. And so I'm not an elitist. It's just I don't find very many, like, modern bands that really, like, you know, interest me, I guess. Or that yeah, I like Yeah, that fit much. that style. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of... So I get a lot of... I'd say my... Probably the peak, like, area of music for me in time was probably, you know, like... I don't know mid to early 2000s new jersey new york city uh pop mm-hmm. like not pop punk necessarily but like ska punk uh kind of like the the local shows that were being played or whatever you know so mm-hmm. like arrogant sons yeah. of bitches uh the ergs bomb music industry like bands like that that branched out from there too where yeah. now thankfully jeff rosenstock is still making music so i can always listen to his stuff but it's super hard to find bands that fit that feel of things that you like. And right. yeah, especially if you're into a type of music that's so that is has branched off so much. I think there might be more mm-hmm. subgenres of goth than you know, any other Oh god, it's yeah. It's crazy. You know, you've Yeah. Uh, yeah, it just has gotten so branched that I can see it being really hard to find a band today that fits the sound of the early years. Yeah. Has, does Minnesota have like a big goth scene? You know, actually, it's really grown over the last couple of years. Um, I, I've i been DJing. So I DJ goth music also live at like dance shows and whatever. Okay. And I've actually had six gigs in the last three weeks, wow. which is seems like a lot. But like, a, I guess there's need for goth DJs because the, the dark scene here is growing. You know, there's the dark energy nights at um, the Kitty Cat Club. There's the goth nights, which I DJ. There's the yearly vampires ball. There's goth prom. Um, and of course, there's um, uh, what's the club? Ground Zero, which everybody goes to, except I don't really like Ground Zero because it's all sort of like it's like rivet head music which is not my deal but okay yeah. cool damn well i'm gonna have mm. to i'm totally gonna have to come to one of those then that sounds awesome yeah i'll invite you on facebook to my next one i think it's Hell yeah um well actually goth prom is next week but it might be sold out so a month from monday i think is my next gig but i will definitely invite you on very facebook. cool yeah yeah when yeah. i first when we first moved here like we moved my we moved my wife in a year before i got here and when we moved in, like, I went out in a, I went out in like a Bad Brains t-shirt. And yeah. someone was like, like someone pointed at that and was like, oh, I have that, like I have that with the Wu-Tang Clan album on it. And I was like, it's not, it's, it's Bad Brains. <laughs> it's the Bad yeah. Brains. Like I have that Wu-Tang shirt though too. So like whatever. But I just remember being <laughs> like, that's weird that someone knew, like that's weird that someone knew it from that one thing. But yeah, I, I don't know. I remember reading all this stuff like Minnesota has got a big music scene and whatever and We've been Uh trying to, you know, go to more stuff or whatever, but we're old people. So that's how that happens. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. We only have a couple of minutes left here. Like, okay. I want to know, though, give me your top, 
just your top like what's your most believed in paranormal thing your least believed in i think i think i have a guess on what your most believed in is from personal experience yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely spirits and ghosts are my most believed in. Okay. Um, honestly, if you had a three hour long podcast, I could seriously talk the entire time about my experiences. <laughs> no um, doubt. Yeah, and then second most believed in would definitely be aliens. Okay. I would say maybe even those two are tied because I hardcore believe in both. Um, third would probably be sea monsters. Okay. Because I feel like the ocean is very vast and unexplored. And terrifying. And terrifying. The ocean is straight terrifying. Ocean. Like, yeah. So oh, it scary. is. For sure. Okay. Um, then after that, I would say Bigfoot. Because I'm like, you know, I could definitely see that being a thing. There's, you know, whatever. Um, and then after that, least believed in thing would probably be... Uh, oh, man. I don't want to sound like a chump, but I kind of believe in a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe in the chupacabra. My boyfriend just suggested the chupacabra, <laughs> but I believe in that. Chupacabra, el goat sucker. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny, actually. I didn't, so I didn't know the breadth of paranormal topics that people like. I have a friend who swears that he has seen a real life gnome. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like a real life gnome. And actually, one of the guys, uh, uh, Dave from Space Out Radio here on uh, on one of the other channels that we're on, he is uh -huh. famous for his hatred of gnomes because his daughter, I don't want to butcher the story here, and if I am butchering it, he will, I'm sure, send me a message on Facebook, but the, uh -huh. he his daughter had a really bad experience where she was asleep in bed in their like in their apartment, whatever, and some of the gnomes that were outside, like garden gnomes, she swore would come and knock on her window at night. Ooh. And so yeah. And so one time supposedly she heard the knock at night. She freaked out and ran out the door, but when she looked back, the gnome was waving to her. And so like that's a scary story. That's so scary. It's she's so gonna scary. be afraid of gnomes until she's like forty five. So scary. Well, you know what? I mean, I don't know. So my my most the the thing that scares me the most, I would say, for me personally, like the the only the closest to a paranormal experience I've ever had is almost, I guess you would call it like pre like light precognition maybe, where yeah. it's something that seems to run in my family, but uh, also like very I have very very vivid dreams I always have, and I have yeah. extremely vivid uh, nightmares in particular, and so at. Uh, one of the ones that was recurring when I was a kid and still recurs to this day is of a doppelganger of myself tricking <sighs> my mother and everyone else into thinking that they're me. And then I meet them and then they have to kill me because you can't meet your doppelganger, right? They have yeah, to kill you. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. You know what the, the lore is yeah. behind seeing your doppelganger. Terrifying. You're going to die. <laughs> Terrifying. So, and then the dreams, like they kind of branch out more to like they're, impersonating my mother or my neighbor or someone I know and I don't know it until they come to stab me pretty scary but anyways we had Holy an episode shit. with the astonishing legends podcast where uh they had a, one of the other members of the astonishing research corps talked about her real life experience with a doppelganger and from like before that episode my wife was like 
It's so dumb that you're afraid of doppelgangers. Like, they're not real. Why is it you're most afraid? Like, you talk to people who think they've been abducted by aliens. That's way scarier than doppelgangers. No way. After that episode now, doppelgangers, I'm like, that's scary. It's legitimately scary. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. Well, also because doppelgangers, it's like, you don't know the source. Like, aliens, yeah, they come from space. But doppelgangers, is that a rip in the time-space continuum, you know? Is that oh, some Doctor so Who shit? You have no idea. <laughs> no, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Uh, oh my goodness, stop getting so scary. So what would you say, what would you say is your, again, I think, I don't even know if favorite's the right word now, because you actually had a very, it sounds like scary, uh, experience with hauntings or whatever, but in terms of like local yeah. lore and everything else, favorite local haunted place or local spooky legend, favorite local spooky thing. Local spooky legend. Um... Minnesota is kind of a tough one. Yeah, the so the the biggest one that I was able to find, besides like some of the abduction cases that I've I've heard of now being here, are uh, things like the mounds, right? Supposedly yeah. those were you know giants lived here a thousand years ago and uh, yada yada whatever, right? But uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you have any that you know of or not really? Um. Okay, my favorite local spooky legend. I can do this. Give me a second to think. <laughs> no um, problem. Probably. Okay, easy answer for the sake of time. Um, so you know that you know of the soap factory. Obviously, they do a really scary haunted house every year. Yes. In Northeast. Okay. So I don't know if you know the story behind the soap factory. No, do I don't. Okay, so the reason why it's so haunted is because before it was the, a soap factory, it was a meat processing plant. Okay. But that was back in, like, the Industrial Revolution. And so they didn't have, like, very good refrigeration and everything. And so the way that they would clean up was to have, like, wild dogs come in and eat a bunch of meat and just, like, whatever. But then um, I think... I might be butchering the story, but I, a, a guy would come in and if there was too many dogs, he would just like shoot them and then throw them in the meat pile. So, oh. yeah, like kill a bunch of dogs and, you know, whatever. And then before that, before it was a meat processing plant, it was a um, artificial limb creation factory for veterans of war. Okay. So, yeah, so if you want to have some dismembered limbs and, like, crazy zombie dogs, go to the soap factory, I guess. Damn. It's so, that's wild. I'm going to have to check that out for sure. Yeah, definitely look that up. <laughs> we're, like, we're thinking of ways to do uh, special Halloween episodes, and right near where yeah. I work is Cuzzy's Bar, which supposedly is haunted by, like, a prostitute or something, like a prostitute spirit Whoa. or whatever from, like, the old and gold rush times. But, yeah. like, Cuzzy's also has pretty sweet uh, eggs and bacon. So, like, <laughs> I'm kind of just into it because I can go get breakfast there and then also podcast maybe <laughs> if they'll let me do it. But That's awesome. Yeah, it's super great. It's like a win for win. You know, it's 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 wonderful. But, man, the yeah. soap factory. it's it, Soap is such a gross thing, actually, in the way that they make it or the way that they traditionally made it, that the fact that it was, I guess it's not really a, it's not really a soap factory anymore. Right, it's like a no art artist. Right, right, right. But it was a soap factory at some point. Yeah, it was a soap factory. Uh, That's why it's called that. Soap factories are gross. 
Terrible. Which well, is really I'm, counterintuitive. Now I'm scared. I was scared <laughs> yeah. before with your with your other stories, but now I'm really scared. Dog dogs are dog ghosts are scary. Right? Good stuff. Man, well that's awesome. So where can people find you? Um, yeah, find me on Facebook under She's in Control, Gothic Radio Hour 98.8, 98.9, whoops. Um, and then you can also find me under DJ Mercury to see when my local gigs are coming up if you're interested in going to a goth night or whatever. Um, and then also, I don't know, that's pretty much it. Other than that, leave me alone. <laughs> Other than that, no contact, please. All right, very cool. <laughs> no, just kidding. We're gonna th- I like people. <laughs> we're going to put the, we'll put the links and all that stuff up on the website for sure. And uh, yeah, take a listen. If you already listened to our radio show, uh, She's in Control is on actually right before us. Mm-hmm. So yep. take a listen on Tuesdays. Super good show. Thank you so much for coming on. It was really great talking to you. And yeah, of we're, course. yeah, we're definitely going to have to like do some spooky stuff together because it sounds like there's a lot to be done. I would love that. Or just like kick it and swap spooky stories because that sounds really fun also. Absolutely. So. Hell yeah. All right. Great. Well, listen, thanks again. And uh, and yeah, thank you for listening. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? Right. I've never done it. (laughs) I know, right?